0: Hello, lovelies. Welcome to the Anika Talks podcast. I'm your host, Anika, and I'm really happy that you're listening. So here's what I wanted to do with this first episode. Clearly, I do have some content, but since this is the first episode, I wanted to start off by properly introducing myself, letting you guys get to know me just a little bit, and then I wanted to get into what the podcast is mostly going to be about, and then I wanted to get into the problem with one tree hill as the title suggests. So, let's start with a little introduction of me. So, I'm 20 years old. I go to Michigan State University and I study arts and humanities as well as digital storytelling. I'm also pre-med, so the goal is to eventually be a doctor. But if you can't tell, I'm very interested in the arts, which I was interested in pursuing through college before I go to medical school and become a doctor where my life is all about science. I'm extremely passionate about TV shows, movies, books. I run a blog also called Anika Talks where I occasionally write reviews on stuff that I've been reading, watching, And as well as making a few vlogs just to remember my life. And so if you guys want to check that out, I will also link that in the description. Um, Things that I wanted to talk about just kind of vary, as I said. But I do want to clarify that everything that I research or talk about will be linked in the description. So you guys are free to check my sources. And if I do say anything wrong, please feel free to correct me because this podcast is a chance for me to learn more about the world. And I'm hoping that it's a chance for you guys to learn more. But I also want to make it clear that I am just doing this because I figured that there has to be a place where people have a chance to have their voices heard. And I figured that podcasts are probably the best platform for that. I really want to have this be a safe space for everybody. And if you guys want me to talk about anything in specific, I will also link my email in the show notes. And you guys can email me anytime. And I'll be really happy to respond or to make a whole episode about what you guys want. So this is definitely a viewer-based podcast even though it is called Anika Talks and it is kind of about whatever I want to talk about, I am also very happy to do research for anything that you guys might be interested in. So let's get started with the problem with One Tree Hill. So this is probably my third time rewatching One Tree Hill, and it is because it's a comfort show. The characters, Lucas, Brooke, Peyton, Haley, Nathan, they all seem to provide this sort of comfort that they're familiar faces we know their story and their stories aren't all that complicated you don't really have to pay attention and to understand what exactly the problem is between characters or what exactly the goal of the episode is i call those shows nap shows they're shows that i have on in the background that i could sleep to however for me whenever i start a nap show i always have to finish it So I'm currently on about season five or six of One Tree Hill. And I've always said about this show that the seasons after Lucas and Peyton kind of leave the show. Sorry, spoiler. But I assume if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably seen the show. But the reason that the show kind of goes downhill after Lucas and Peyton leave is because they're two main characters of the show. And as much as people want to believe that Nathan Haley and Brooke are the ones that people watch the show for, there are people who watch the show for Lucas and Peyton's love story. And at that point, you're going to lose a lot of viewers because who's interested in watching a show without their favorite characters? So i personally stopped watching the show every time after about season six. Despite it being a nap show, I do insist that my shows are at least good. And so what I think is the ultimate problem with One Tree Hill is it doesn't trust its characters. So the show tends to be character driven. You don't necessarily see a plot happening. The plot always seems to stem from what the characters are doing. This means the plot of Dante and Nathan back in season two happens because Nathan doesn't have any money and so he reaches out to these people and gets money and then has to shave points. Now this being said, had Nathan been able to stick to his morals or had he not been in financial struggle, this wouldn't have happened. This also being said, if Haley hadn't been passionate about music, she never would have left with Chris Keller. But their passions are what ultimately makes them act, which is very interesting to the show, and I do applaud it. But I think that the character development has always been kind of unsteady at best. I think that characters like Peyton and Brooke and Haley are all created to connect to the male gaze now if you don't know what the male gaze is according to oxford dictionary the male gaze is the perspective of a notionally typical heterosexual man considered as embodied in the audience or intended audience for films and other visual media and this is characterized by a tendency to objectify or sexualize women now this happens in one tree hill through the character primarily of brooke she is hot she is cool girl she is everything that any guy could potentially want she loves to have sex she is willing to do anything to get the guy peyton on the other hand is not necessarily the opposite of a male gaze instead she embodies the damsel in distress which is essentially why lucas is attracted to her now Lucas is also attracted to Brooke because Brooke embodies the male gaze, so he has a hard time saying no to someone as beautiful as Brooke, yet his character art demonstrates that he is always there to save the damsels in distress. He's always known as the person who sacrifices everything for everyone. This is shown when he stops taking his heart medication to play on the basketball team knowing that he was the key to them winning the state championship. This comes when he misses those free throws for nathan this comes when lucas runs back into the school during the school shooting to save peyton because brooke asks him to yet the thing with lucas is despite his selfless actions he is typically a selfish character he has everything basically handed to him. Whereas with Nathan, we see him work to get out of his family's household. So when you have two brothers and the good one is actually portrayed as morally selfish, and the other one who's supposed to be the bad boy is the one who turns out to be selfless and all about his family, your show kind of has a disconnect with the viewers. Because who are you supposed to root for? Are you supposed to root for Lucas and Peyton, the not-so-charming prince, as well as the damsel in distress, or Nathan and Haley, who prove that love truly does last and a stable relationship is possible? This being said, I also think... Nathan and Haley perpetuate this toxic idea that you find your true loves early on like they do in the show. And I think that the problem with something like this is there are people who don't necessarily find their true love in high school. And I think it's a negative connotation to prove that you do find your true love in high school. Also, I think that the show does a great job with Brooke and her character but it almost seems like they threw in a love interest for Brooke to have, whereas they could have just had Brooke end up with someone that we already knew, like Chase, or hell, I would have thought that Brooke and Lucas were a much better couple than Lucas and Peyton, because Brooke makes Lucas stand up for himself and makes him realize that his actions do affect other people. This is shown by him thinking he could have both Brooke and Peyton Peyton as a friend and Brooke as a girlfriend. This just doesn't work. And it just contributes to Lucas's selfishness as a character. So yes, the big problem with the show does come from the fact that all the characters are inherently selfish. Now look at Dan. He was probably one of the most compelling villains to me. And I don't say this lightly because there are characters such as Carly Morgenthau from The Falcon and the Winter Soldier or Agatha Harkness from WandaVision or even antiheroes such as Philip and Elizabeth Jennings on The Americans. I think that there are a lot of very compelling antiheroes, but Dan, to me, was actually written really well. I think that what ultimately ruins Dan's character is that he's not consistently written. The thing is, Dan tends to act for himself. And what's important with that is we never really see Dan doing something that's not from himself. And so when he does something for Jamie and Nathan, it's not really like he's doing something for Jamie and Nathan, but more as though he's doing something to earn their good graces, which is a compelling motivation for a character such as Dan Scott. However, I think that in keeping him a villain, the show would have greatly benefited. Because here's the thing, the show works with Dan as an anti-hero. I won't deny that. It's definitely a compelling sort of motive and a good character to keep around but I would be more interested to see Dan as a typically bad guy not a bad guy doing bad things for good reasons like it just doesn't work that way and so I think that had Dan come out of jail having not learned anything from his time in jail I would have been like okay yes this is a character who's inherently evil which spoiler alert he did murder his own brother in cold blood so I don't understand why the show tries to redeem him when honestly there's no need to redeem him he needs to be a villain and that's why Lucas and Nathan's hatred of him stays compelling and stays the same because Dan is a villain and we don't want Dan to be the good guy because he's not the good guy and there's no reason for him to get forgiveness in the show especially when he's committed murder And just because he saves Jamie a couple times or sacrifices himself for Nathan, I don't necessarily think that absolves him from murdering his brother because that's essentially what he did. And I just don't think that Dan Scott as an anti-hero is the best, but he is the most compelling character to me because I'm fascinated by how they wrote him and what his motives are in trying to be that character, you know, the anti-hero, the bad guy. And I think... Um, what's his name Paul Johansson did a really great job of this when I talk about the characters I never mean that the actors have done a bad job I mean that the script has not been as strong as it could have been so for example they wrote a really great character in Jake Shigelsky he's in season two he's Peyton's love interest for a while while Lucas is dating Brooke and i really thought that they were a much more compelling couple they had much more chemistry than lucas and peyton did at the time and ever did i never really saw chemistry between lucas and peyton i always saw chemistry with brooke and lucas rather than peyton and lucas they just didn't have any and i thought that peyton and jake had the most compelling story the most compelling chemistry and so i never understood why they took jake out of the picture he was honestly one of the best characters and i think Having a character who, like Karen Rowe, like Lucas's mom, had a teenage pregnancy, having a character who's dealing with a teenage pregnancy in a different way, like Jake was, you know, fighting to keep his child, that would have made a really great role for Peyton, because she was obsessed with Jake's daughter, and I think that that made Peyton a really compelling character, because we understand that Peyton just really cares, and her goal is always to be the mother for someone who didn't have a mother, just like she didn't have a mother. Um, Like I said earlier, I think that everyone in the show has traditionally very selfish motives, except for Nathan and Haley. Now, I think that they are a very strong example of a couple that can overcome adversity. And I think that that makes them a really compelling couple as well. All right, everyone, this is a new drinking game. Take a shot when I say compelling. But I do think that when you're talking about TV shows and movies and stuff like that, you do have to think of what a compelling argument is. Okay, that's one shot for all of you actually playing the drinking game. But you have to think about who these characters are and why we care about them which is essentially what I'm trying to say One Tree Hill does a bad job of, they make your char- their characters very one-dimensional. I don't feel like I know much about any of the characters aside from what they do with their lives and just, like, the surface-level stuff. The only character they really dive into the emotional aspects of is Peyton. And I think that Peyton is really, like, a trauma story. Like, she's not... Necessarily a character who is very natural, normal, however you want to say it. There's not a lot of people who undergo exactly what Peyton did in the show. And I think that that kind of takes away from her relatability. Like, I think people could relate to her when she was nothing more than a girl whose mother had died. That is a very interesting character you know you want to see how she grew up without a mother and with her father essentially being absent in terms of brooke i think that she would have been a very interesting character had her parents actually been around because we don't really want characters to not have parents that's why a show like riverdale which has so many other problems is rather interesting and works because the parents are around granted the parents are just as crazy as the kids but at least the parents are around and you see that there are consequences for some of the characters' actions whereas in One Tree Hill the characters undergo so much trauma and there's never anybody who's who comes in and is like I'm so sorry you went through that let me protect you aside from Lucas and Nathan and it's like Lucas and Nathan really only protect the people that they really care about which are for Lucas Brooke and Peyton and for Nathan Haley and his son And I think that the show would have done a much better job had Nathan been a little more present for his friends. I never thought that Nathan was the kind of guy who would do anything for his friends, but always for his family. And considering Lucas was willing to do a lot for him, like granted, I know they're half brothers, but I always see them more as friends rather than brothers because the beginning of the show was so, how do I say this? It just was so convoluted. And I think that if you're going to have a show introduction with two siblings, you have to show their similarities and differences, which the show starts off doing and then completely abandons for the fact that they just should be friends, which is not the greatest. Like, I know a lot of people who are friends with their siblings, but I don't think that Nathan and Lucas should have been friends or... There are two ways, I guess, that the show could have gone about this. The first way would be... The show takes the time to allow Lucas and Nathan to have always been somewhat close. There should never have been any animosity between them because why should there be? It never made any sense to me why Nathan hated Lucas. And I understand that maybe this is because Dan poisoned Nathan against Lucas. But also I think that the show fails in making them enemies and trying to do it more than once. Whereas just keeping them friends and allowing the lack of tension to prove that Nathan and Lucas could actually overcome Dan's poisonous propaganda against the other brother and I never really understood why Dan hated Lucas so much in the beginning yes I understand that there's a complicated reason of him always being in love with Karen and all that stuff but I really just don't think it works had it worked and had it been the kind of story where Nathan and Lucas were friends then Deb and Karen's friendship would have come about a lot earlier and it wouldn't feel like they were just meeting for the first time when we see it in like episode three or four I don't think that that works very well because I would have rather seen Deb and Karen always have been friends despite Dan's poisonous propaganda and always have been above Dan and above fighting over a boy because I always feel like the problem with the show and again bringing up the male gaze is that they're always fighting over a boy Brooke and Peyton fight over Lucas Nathan doesn't necessarily get fought over but you know there's not a lot of men fighting over women whereas there's a lot of women fighting over men and Haley always fights for Nathan but Nathan very rarely and I don't want to say that he didn't because he technically did, especially with the whole Nanny Carrie episode. But also, I feel like Haley just kind of forgave him. Like, I don't feel like he actually earned forgiveness, even though, like, Grant and I know he did nothing wrong. I think in Haley's mind, especially finding out about the kiss and stuff, I think Nathan kind of turned it around on Haley. Haley not being around, Haley doing this, Haley doing that. And this is shown like through that therapy episode, which I thought was a really great structure for an episode, but I think also where the show failed in that episode is making it seem like Haley and Nathan had sacrificed everything to be together, which is not quite true. You know, Nathan still got to play college ball and Haley was the one who had to sacrifice her music to raise Jamie. And that's fine, you know. A lot of mothers do that, and I don't think that that's a bad way to live your life. I think that's an amazing way because you have the chance to shape someone and make sure they have a great life. So I absolutely love that Haley takes time, but I also think it's really unfair that she gives up her music for so long when she was so talented. You know, I actually think Bethany Joy, I think she's Lens now, was really talented and a great singer, and the music and the songs were so important in the show. That it feels very wrong that Peyton continues with music, even though we know she likes it. But Haley's the real musician. So it doesn't make sense to me that Haley would be the one to sacrifice her music when Peyton only is a enjoyer of music she enjoys listening to it knowing a lot about the history which is amazing you know Peyton's character is developed very well in that way you know she's into music she's into art she's that typical like I want to say tumblr girl you know she's really into all of that also I find it extremely strange that Peyton has a webcam just in her room granted I know that like I'm sitting here recording in my room on a microphone and it's the similar to like her podcast the truth is you guys don't see anything that I'm doing whereas I never understood why did Peyton have a webcam was it so people could watch her what was the point of that like it never processed in my head who thinks it's a good idea to just have a webcam although I know that those people who maybe had a webcam back in the early 2000s Maybe they're the ones who have YouTube channels now. Maybe it's something similar. But I also think YouTubers are able to pick and choose what they show people. Whereas Peyton was kind of always on her webcam. And so where was the privacy? Did she want? I don't think she invited the psychoderic to come and attack her by any means. Because people should have the right to express themselves. And that's how Peyton chose to do it. But I also just didn't understand it. It didn't process in my head why Peyton had the webcam it's never a reason is never really given so it doesn't make sense to me had the show kind of explained why Peyton had a webcam maybe she's afraid to be alone even because her dad is always away that would have been a very interesting and compelling reason like I would have completely believed it but I don't believe it now because Peyton essentially doesn't ever give a reason why she has a webcam and we understand why she's into art why she's into music it all comes from her mom Ellie but I don't think that those aspects are necessarily all about Peyton you know like you when you think of a person you think that they have so much more to themselves besides what they're interested in they have characteristics I think of Spanish okay in Spanish you use the verb ser in order to describe personal traits about a person like things that don't change so when you say someone is kind you use ser and when you use something that's temporary like liking music you'd use a star because Peyton likes music but it's not her personality trait and I think the show fails in, in trying to make it her personality trait. Um, So I do want to talk a little bit about um raising kids I think in the show because I do see that that's a very big issue especially towards the end seasons and I have seen the last three seasons. I'm just not very interested in them. I think Quinn and I think his name is Clay are very slow characters. I don't really root for them. And I think they just tried really hard to replace Lucas and Peyton. And you can't really have a love story as compelling as Lucas and Peyton or as the writers made Lucas and Peyton. Like, I don't necessarily think their love story is all that great because I don't think they should have ended up together. I think they were very on and off and I think I tend to think couples like that especially in TV perpetuate this idea of a toxic relationship and therefore that's just like not a good way to let young teenagers who watch the show think that relationships are supposed to be like that like it's just not relationships should make you happy they should not make you suffer because they shouldn't have to be on and off now I understand in this show it's furthering the idea that Lucas and Peyton are truly soulmates and that is what the show is basically all about but I just don't think showing the on and off worked and I actually really liked Lucas and Lindsay I felt like they were very down to earth and it didn't seem like they were constantly fighting with each other until Peyton comes into the picture so Lucas and Peyton are are not a stable relationship and that they essentially break up Lucas and Lindsay and Lindsay was a very normal person she just kind of had her tragedies in the back which everybody does but she seemed like a very down-to-earth character whereas Peyton always seemed over dramatic to me but again that's because of a lot of the stuff that happened to her and again you can't really judge people based on their trauma but I did think Peyton was written to be a little over dramatic and a little too much the damsel in distress um I do think that when raising kids in this show with Jamie and Lydia eventually and then with Brooke's two sons, Jude and Davis, I think were their names, um, I think that the show does a great job of showing what it's like to be good parents. I think Nathan and Haley especially were written really well as parents because they were very understanding with their son, yet they also disciplined him but they kept him around and they showed him the good sides of the world which i think is absolutely wonderful and i think that instead of being a young couple like they were in the first couple seasons i think i rather like them as parents i think that that those were just much better seasons in terms of how we actually saw nathan and haley and then you can give them more characteristics personality traits whereas like you see nathan is kind and understanding yes he has a temper but he never takes that temper out on Haley and Jamie he knows how to control it that those are personality traits and Haley Haley is loving but she's also strict you know those are personality traits not necessarily loving music or loving basketball those aren't your personality and I don't think the show did a great job of explaining its characters past their likes which I made this point to death so I'm gonna move on um i think in terms of technical aspects of the show cinematography screenwriting i think the writing is not great i think there are episodes that are really well done i think having dan kill keith was a very natural way to take keith off of the show because i think that lucas needed to grow and keith's death definitely helped it because he was very dependent on keith and karen And I think this made him become more of an adult. Even though it was very sad. But it gives the show a chance to talk about grief. That was a great episode. I loved the school shooting episode. It was sad. It was terrifying. I genuinely felt for the character. So I thought that was really well done. Um, The one problem I have with that episode is it perpetuates sympathy for Jimmy's character. Which I think anyone who shoots up a school. While yes they may be going through some severe trauma. Doesn't really have an excuse to shoot up a school. Even though Jimmy really didn't shoot anybody, bringing a gun, holding people hostage is still wrong. And I don't think they should have sympathized him by letting him let someone go. Things like that. So there are problematic aspects to the episode, but I still think it was well done. I also really think the episodes where they try something different work, but they don't. So I guess an example of that would be the therapy episode I was talking about where Nathan and Haley are in couples counseling. Peyton's talking to Max, the record store owner. Brooke is doing her adoption interview. I don't know who Lucas is talking to. I don't remember. Um, I think he's talking to Andy. I think he's talking to Andy. But I think those episodes would have worked had Dawson's Creek not aired very er- like soon before that. So like, what, 1997 to 2003? And One Tree Hill started 2003 on? I think that Dawson's Creek... Did all the experimental episodes and did them way better than One Tree Hill. So when I talk about experimental episodes in Dawson's Creek, I mean like the episode where they have a day just repeating and repeating through someone else's perspective. That's actually a really brilliant idea, especially when it's something as intense as Dawson finding out. All right, sorry, spoiler. Dawson finding out Joey loves Pacey. You know, stuff like that is very interesting and a different kind of episode. If One Tree Hill, to me, didn't feel like a copycat of Dawson's Creek with some little tweaks, I definitely think I would have liked the show a lot more. But I don't think the show stands on its own. I think it needs to have come after Dawson's Creek. It didn't need to be its own thing. Like, I think too many of the characters also showed up in Dawson's Creek, which was annoying because I don't really like when they try to do spin-offs based on like two extras in a show i just was like i didn't think they were all that great even in dawson's creek so i wonder what made them be the main characters of one tree hill and i'm referring specifically to chad michael murray and hillary burton who played lucas and Peyton respectively um i do think the show had okay shots there was nothing that was so beautiful to me that i had to stop and be like wow, this is an amazing shot. And I do that a lot in TV, especially in TV, because I think that sometimes in TV, the people become a little too comfortable with shooting just what needs to be shot, like the easy shots, the focus on the character shots. But I think that there is something to be said with shows that are able to continuously bring about beautiful shots. And when I say this, I mean shows like The Americans, where there's a beautifully compelling shot of Philip when he is so angry at Paige. Like, I think those shots are amazing. I think that some of the newer shows, the cinematography is a lot more focused on beautiful shots. And I think, like, oh, another example of this would be Game of Thrones Season 8, Where Danny is walking on the ruins of King's Landing. Sorry, spoiler, of Game of Thrones. But if you really haven't seen it by now, I don't even know what to tell you. Um, And Drogon's wings just come behind her. And you see her as the Dragon Queen. That is amazing. I love that shot. Again, there's a lot of problematic aspects to Game of Thrones. And I would love to discuss them in another episode. But... For the time being, we're going to go back to One Tree Hill. Um, I think had the show taken some time to have beautiful shots, which is possible, definitely possible, even with the earlier technology, because Dawson's Creek had some really great shots. I think that One Tree Hill was just trying to be the next Dawson's Creek, and I don't think it passed that test. I do know and I do acknowledge that it was a very long-running show and people really liked it, but I really just don't think it stands up. Especially nowadays, when shows are a lot more female oriented. Like these shows are male oriented, which doesn't necessarily make it a bad show. I love any kind of character I'd be happy to see, but I feel like a lot of characters were kind of written in for like a diversity quota. Like I think of Anna in season two, where she was literally the only gay character on the entire show. I don't even remember another gay character and she was the only one, and she was obsessed with Peyton, and I was like, why is this the stereotype they're perpetuating of lesbians, because that doesn't necessarily make them a bad person, because they're a lesbian, and I get that's, again, part of the times, and you have to consider time periods and audiences, but I still think that I would have rather seen Anna not be in it at all if they're just going to throw her in for a diversity quota. And that's another thing. The show is very white. There is skills and junk. And I think, Fergie, I I don't remember if they're all black. Um, But that's like what my point is the fact that I don't remember all the black characters because they essentially were not part of the story. Skills gets such a weird storyline toward the end of sleeping with Nathan's mom and I just don't understand I I don't understand why keep his character in if you're going to give him the most bizarre storyline this being said I'm glad at least skills was in this show but when you look at representation the show severely severely lacks it and I say this about Dawson's Creek as well because I'm gonna keep with the comparison between the two I think that these shows back in the early 2000s kind of switched this idea that diversity needs to be there. I think a lot of shows in the 90s and stuff were pretty diverse. There was a lot of like POC shows and I can think of a few but like I mean shows like um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air which I might be really late on the air dates but there were still characters and representation maybe boy meets world i know there was only one black character on boy meets world but at least we see like an interracial relationship between angela and sean um i do think that one tree hill could have done a little better i would have loved to see skills someone who was also black but i am really happy they showed an interracial relationship but i think where the show failed is that when it talked about race it was so blasé that it didn't really stick whereas I think nowadays the reason it doesn't hold up is because people want those hard conversations in tv sometimes and if it's like a teenage show they don't want it I think when you're talking about race you have to be very careful with it because you don't want to you don't want to offend you don't want to perpetuate stereotypes there's so many reasons why you have to be careful with it and I think that in this case the show fails because it doesn't it's not careful with talk about race so and it's a one episode maybe five minute thing i wouldn't be surprised if most of you don't remember this but i do think that the show fails significantly with this again there's just no diversity in this show and that's why it doesn't hold up a lot of the reasons i listed in this podcast episode were Reasons that One Tree Hill does not hold up now. I think the only reason people still really watch it is nostalgia. I don't think people watch it because it's that great of a show. And I'll make this argument with Dawson's Creek, even though I tend to like that show a lot more. But I make this argument with Dawson's Creek, Gilmore Girls, One Tree Hill. I'm probably missing a couple shows that are just like that. Maybe that 70s show. I think people watch them for nostalgia and they don't really necessarily perpetuate a lot of themes and ideas that people relate to nowadays. So I tend to be like ambivalent about these shows because what am I learning from them? I think regardless of a TV show's storyline, you should always be able to learn something from them. I learned so much from Dawson's Creek growing up. They were like my big siblings. I was able to learn so much about how the world works. Because there's no unnecessary tragedy. I feel like each of the characters have their own trauma, tragedy, like sad backstory. But there are also characters who are like Dawson, who live in a upper middle class family, who have passions, and they're just normal people. So I think nowadays a show like that, like even Riverdale, which started off as interesting murder mystery and then became something about a cult like what's the point of that what am I learning from that am I learning don't join a cult because quite frankly I already knew that and I think most shows nowadays are POC centered which is amazing you know I think of shows like never have I ever dear white people I think I know dear white people had some problematic issues on set but I do think of that show as Being POC centered, and I think it talks about race very delicately, but still makes a compelling conversation starter. So I really like that show. I love Never Have I Ever because it's adorable. Like, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily think it's like a really, really well made show, but I think it's adorable. So I really like it. And I think you can learn a lot from these shows now because you learn about different cultures, but I think. With shows like One Tree Hill, they're not relatable anymore because what's to relate about a girl getting stalked by someone pretending to be her brother? Like, that's not realistic. And I get that some shows aren't meant to be, but when you market a show like One Tree Hill to be a realistic portrayal of high school and you do stuff like... A school shooting is much more common now. So even I will let that episode slide. But I think I mean more of like having two girls fight off a stalker or even Nathan and Haley getting married. And I think the show does attempt to address this. There's that episode where they go to Honeygrove, Texas in order to save Mouth. And I think that this episode is a really great episode because it shows the characters as being exaggerated versions of high school characters like high school people that you'd actually find in a high school but I think that having this show as it's written now doesn't necessarily hold up to the point that I would recommend this show to a lot of people I say that you'll probably watch it out of comfort but I think now you can probably watch so many other shows that do the themes of one tree hill but better um so i would say let's see if i want a show that's well made and definitely better than one tree hill while still dealing with high school i would probably recommend euphoria i know there's a lot of problems with euphoria as well and i could make an episode about that but i think where the problem with euphoria ultimately stems is it needed to be based in college but it's based in high school and that's completely okay I won't say the show doesn't have any merit because of that I do think that it's a much better portrayal of what teenagers go through even though not all teenagers are drug addicts and I think that they throw in at least one character who's very normal very just does her schoolwork but is friends with all these people which I think is pretty realistic like you definitely are going to run into people who have Ruth's story And so I think when you're making a TV show, you're not going to have a lot of characters who just go through life, you know, because who wants to watch a show about people just in high school not doing anything? At least with Euphoria, you get a lot more realistic portrayal of what people can go through as well as its surrounding characters being just normal people. Whereas with One Tree Hill, I feel like everybody, including the most random characters, just has this tragic backstory or something tragic happens to them and it's like why do I want to watch this why do I want to watch such tragedy when there's not this much tragedy in high school and again like I said euphoria is not perfect but I think it's better for this time I wouldn't watch One Tree Hill and say that this is an accurate portrayal of high school because there's a lot more social media and stuff now. And Euphoria definitely talks about social media and its effects on teenagers now. So yes, if you're gonna watch One Tree Hill, I would say save your time and just watch Euphoria instead. Again, that show is made for mature audiences, so of course viewer discretion advised. Please be careful, don't watch the show if you're not in a mental capacity to handle it because it does deal with some really deep themes. I also recommend shows like I mentioned, Never Have I Ever, um, Dear White People, what else? I recommend those shows because you see different people in different settings. Um, Definitely worth a watch, definitely good coming of age. And if you want movies instead of One Tree Hill... I recommend Blinded by the Light. I recommend Ooh, the half of it. I recommend those two for the most part, but again, they're my favorite coming of age stories, which I think One Tree Hill attempts to be until they become parents. And so, if you want a show just kind of about family, um I don't really have like a huge recommendation of TV shows, but for a movie, I think The Farewell These are all like POC casted, um, definitely much more compelling and interesting than One Tree Hill is. I also would recommend Dawson's Creek for people who find One Tree Hill a bit tedious. I think Dawson's Creek has a lot more compelling themes, a lot more well-written characters, all of that stuff. So definitely check out Dawson's Creek over One Tree Hill check out all the other shows I mentioned and I think that's going to be the end of this episode I hope you guys really enjoyed and hopefully I will see you guys next week have a good rest of your week and just know that I am hoping for the best for all of you bye